You're in tune to the Underrated Dudes Podcast, featuring DJ Sean Blue, Big Al, and Claude Deuce. Hey, y'all, this is the season finale, episode 15, the Underrated Dudes Podcast. Fellas, fellas, we made it, man. This is the end of season one. Yeah, man. This, This is crazy. We've been doing this 15 consecutive weeks. I really hope our listeners, I hope you all have enjoyed this as much as we have coming together to have these conversations and with our different guests. And we got a good one for you on this finale here. Absolutely. Sean, uh, where we going first? Man, look. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, ladies and gentlemen, D1 versus the industry. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about why to resist streaming and how. And then we're going to end it with the mic passing at the reunion tour. That's the Kirk Franklin, Israel Holton. Is it Israel Holton? Y'all correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong. I know it's Ty Tripp. Is it Israel Holton? Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about that. B. Slade, Tone. Man, he killed it. Man, listen. Straight up. Let's, we, we talked a lot this season about streaming. Right. The three of us being independent artists and, and of course, you know, uh, Claude and I, you know, releasing music uh, this year and, and, and everything like that. Uh, you know, it's been it's been really, really crazy, especially when you look at these numbers, man. I, you know, I was just looking at my Apple Music Weekly uh, update and saw that, you know, I had, you know, the, the streaming of ah, ah, is back to being number two on my list of songs that are streamed weekly. Um, and it had a, an increase from the week before. So it shows you all this stuff. But at the same time, man, that's not turning over into any kind of bread. So, you know, we've been talking about streaming this this year a lot. And Claude actually got put onto this book about how we should resist streaming. What, what was that joint, Claude? Why to resist streaming music and how? So, so this guy is actually saying we shouldn't even stream at all. Or, or what is he saying? Yeah, he's exactly saying that. And the cool thing about it is he is the owner of Don Giovanni Records. So this is a record label owner letting us know that they get full benefit from streaming. Not the artists, not the songwriters, the producers. It's the industry that yeah. benefits the most from the streaming. So, like, how? So then, how is he saying that we, as artists, especially independent artists, how do we resist it in today's uh, market? Like, how how do we do it? It's like wishful thinking. He said basically, it's it's almost impossible to resist. You know, because he brought up the fact that. You know, from removing CD drives and computers to getting rid of CD players and cars to stopping uh, production of the classic iPod and similar devices, these companies have worked as quickly as possible to make even purchasing downloads of digital files feel obsolete. So it's like, you know, they just they just want you to stream, stream, stream. It's crazy, man. It's crazy for us. I mean, extremely. Extremely, because I'm like, how in the world do we... I know we're in, in this day and time, like you said, people don't really sell boom boxes anymore. There are no CD drives <laughs> in the whips. You know right. what I'm saying? No CD drives in the whips. You know what I'm saying? You we don't even have DVD players. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't I don't even know but the gaming consoles, 
right. are even changing. So how in the world would we get our music again? Like, what was the deal beyond streaming? Like, he said, and how, how, how does he recommend we resist it? Or does he just say, man, you, you, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a no-win battle. It's a no-win situation. That's what it like, sounds like. Yeah, basically, it's like a no-win situation. And I'm going a, I'm to a read this little excerpt where he um, kind of tells why. But basically, the book is like, is um, like I said, wishful thinking, wanting all of us to just stop streaming. Like, if, if we all could collectively stop streaming music, we would hit the industry so hard. Because he said, like, 80% of the music industry is made up of streaming. 80% of, like, revenue of the music industry is streaming. And so he brings out this fact right here. This is this was very important, I felt. At the corporate level, the music industry has always grown profits by finding ways to get consumers to rebuy the same albums over and over again. Albums are continuously being reissued, remastered, repackaged, and collected into new definitive versions. This is because it costs far less to market a popular title with a built-in audience than it does to build an audience from scratch around a new artist or release. And so basically he was saying like at different times, things went from vinyl to cassette, from cassette to CD, CD from right. CD to digital download. And so people, consumers felt they were convinced they need to purge and rebuy their collection from scratch. Like I may have had all these different things on vital. Now I need them again on cassette because the car just bought, you know, won't, won't play my eight tracks. It plays cassette. So I need to get all this stuff again on cassette or, you know, I need to get it all again on CD or, you know what? I need to, I need to download it because all my cars don't have CD players anymore. You know what I mean? So the industry is behind whenever there's a push uh, for a new way to listen to music it's the industry is definitely behind it which a lot of us know that yeah that's that's true because like yeah. even, even what you just mentioned about how it went from uh vinyl to cassette to cd i'm just looking around here in my recording room and i got a lot of the music on my hard drive on my on vinyl then i got a lot of that stuff on cassette and I got a lot of that stuff, the same material on different formats. I mean, like the same song is right behind me on my vinyl collection, but then I can go on my hard drive and, and sometimes I'll be like, I got that on record. I can easily go and put the record on record or whatever, but it's such so much easier for me just to go on my hard drive or go online and, and download it versus me going to my record collection or my CD collection or my tape collection to get that particular song. So, yeah, they are benefiting big time, man. So, yeah. wow. Let me read this real quick, too. <clears throat> Changes in format have always been motivated by profit, not quality or consumer experience. And so a paradigm like streaming, where consumers are forever paying for albums and never owning them, is extremely appealing to music industry executives. Listeners are now spending more than ever to listen to their music under the guise of spending less. Think about it. We pay mm -hmm. what? $10 a month, $11 a month, 12 a month for our different music subscriptions. But check this out. In the year 2000, when buying, when the buying of physical music was at its all-time peak, music buying consumers were spending an average of $64 a year 
on music. This is in 2000 when the buying of physical music was at its all-time peak. On average, music consumers were spending $64 a year. That's like half of our annual subscription to like Apple Music. That's like half. We we wow. give Apple more than that to stream. We're you thinking know. we're saving. <laughs> they got us. They got you. Oh, yeah. They Straight got up. us, man. They got us. Straight up. They get the consumer and they get the artists and the songwriters and the producers, like the actual creatives. They get us. I know there was one stat that you shared that 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 was shared for the book that says like the industry it really benefits like the top one percent. Yeah. Of those or something 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 like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so I'm sitting here like I'm like, man, listen, now independent artists, this is where it hurts for us. But please understand. Some of your favorite artists, favorite artists are doing okay with it. Cause like here's here's something we talked about earlier this season on TV. We talked about how the conservative church basically went on this thing to teach Lecrae a lesson because he got to be so vocal about you know what was going on in our communities around 2016 through now. And so that was when we saw the rise and elevation of Nate Furenstein, who everybody calls NF. NF recently passed 10 billion streams on Spotify, which they they crunched the numbers and they said, if in fact NF owned 100% of his royalties, that means that off of his music, he would have made $23.8 million just as an artist alone if he owned 100% of his music. But of course, you know, there's splits involved. Right. So then they crunched up a number that's kind of more realistic. They said, say he owns 30% of that catalog. That means over, over his career to now, from music alone on Spotify, he's made $7.14 million. Drop a clues bomb for NF because <laughs> who, who in the world? How did you how did you do this? Jesus. You got to and and I don't know what it is that allows NF to never be interviewed by anybody. Right. Like he's never interviewed. He's Not never that. interviewed. You never see him on red carpets. You never see him at events. You only see him at his shows. Or when he puts a little something on social media, I don't know how he is doing that. I guess it's the I guess it's the, the the elusiveness, if you will, you know, or that thing where you know, you know, back in the day, the 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 most popular celebrities were the ones who were untouchable because you know they carried some mystique about them. So maybe that's part of his. I don't know. I still just don't understand in the way of in the age of social media how it is that he avoids having to say anything about anything except for what he addresses in his music. It's amazing, right? Man. I don't get yeah. that. It's amazing. But I mean ten ten billion streams. Man, that is bro, for somebody who came from the Christian hip hop space, even though right. you know what I'm saying, they don't they don't label him as a Christian hip hop artist, but come on. Yeah. He's from he's from the space. Yeah. So from right. that space to have 10 
billion in the short amount of time that he had it. When you think about the length of Lecrae's career and how popular Lecrae was, that is that is insane, bro. It's, crazy. it's insane. It's insane. And I found that spot you just mentioned. At its core, Spotify is a business model that's designed only to service hit songs, which in turn means it only serves the artists who make them the top 1%. In fact, the top 10% of songs on streaming services account for 99% of all audio streams. That makes it nearly impossible for non-hit-driven artists or even hit-driven ones outside of the top 10% to make a living. That's wild, man. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, I'm looking at um, the Source Magazine had an article about um, streaming, and that article was talking about streaming struggles, the uphill battle for for music artists to make revenue. And it was making light of what you were just saying, um, Deuce, when he was yeah. talking about, uh, it was actually talking about the older, overcrowding streaming space that the sheer volume of music on streaming platforms is both a blessing and a curse for music artists while sharing your music with the world is easier than ever. Yeah. It's more challenging to stand out in an overcrowded digital space. Getting your tracks noticed among the millions of songs available can be overwhelming, making it harder to accumulate streams and subsequently revenue. Man, yeah, it's 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 a lot of music that's even being released on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? So we already talked about the the releases that are being you know, uploaded on these streaming platforms, man. So it's it's a lot of music out there that a lot of people um it's not able to get to, but at the same time, those that are benefiting are winning, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So look, this yeah. this is one of our heartfelt topics here at TUD um about the streaming. And you know, I think what streaming has done is made it really almost virtually impossible for a lot of artists to just kind of relax and live in the moment of creating their, their projects, taking two and three years to create stuff, you know, without having to tour, you could live off your royalties, off your physical, you know, your physical sales, CDs, cassettes, vinyl, you know, stuff like that. Now with streaming and you make so much less, you got to tour just about your whole life to make a living you got to have merch you got to have like social media partnerships you know it's just so much more that you have to have in place to secure mm -hmm. your your livelihood you got multiple jobs man <laughs> <laughs> yeah man because even just looking at even what you're saying i'm just looking at this article this is this mitigating the struggles despite the hurdles music artists can take several steps to mitigate the challenges associated with streaming Number one, diversify income streams. Explore merchandise sales, just like you mentioned. You got a merch, live performances, sync licensing, you know, to supplement the streaming income. Then they said your marketing and promotions, investing, effective marketing and promotion to increase your music visibility and to attract more listeners. They also say that support from your fan base, engage with your fan base through social media and encourage them to share your music and streaming on repeat and attend your live shows, collaborations, collaborate with other artists, producers, influencers to expand your reach and connect with new audiences. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. basically you gotta, you gotta, like you mentioned, man, you gotta do several other things along with uh, writing and producing and, you know, it's just you got to do everything now to 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 make it happen.
Facts. Facts. Wow. Hey, maybe with all the different things that are happening on Washington, you know, maybe we'll we'll see some change in the coming years. So let's cross our fingers. <laughs> yeah, where we going? Crazy. Where, where we going next, man? Is it is it time for D one? Uh, it's time for D one, y'all. It's Ooh. time for D one versus the industry. So Al, speak on it, Al. I know you and you and uh Shaman, y'all are the <laughs> y'all are the, the hip hop savants. I'm gonna let y'all take that. Man, listen, you know, <laughs> I, I I got so much to say. I, I want to start. I want to start by saying, uh, by no way, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, do any of us here at TUD condone anybody being physically threatened, right, uh, or abused? You know, what I'm saying in in any kind of relationship, right. you're know saying, and uh, so for the threats that my man has, you know, received on his life, you know, what I'm saying we are no in support of anything. So, so we are praying that. You know, we're praying for his protection, definitely, mm-hmm. and everything. You know, I want to make sure that that people understand that from the beginning, right? Before what I say, what I'm about to say, the hip hop culture is, uh, you know, a part of, you know, the hood life. You know, what mm-hmm. I'm saying this is, you're know saying it's a part of the hood life. The one thing about social media, we 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 we've heard these terms even said from across our pulpits in America that it has made people internet gangsters. Right. And so a lot of the times you can, you can throw a rock and hide your hand or you can say what you want to say behind your keyboard or behind your own phone screen. Um, and so, you know, if I could be honest, when I was in school, we didn't have the internet. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you in class, and you know what I'm saying? Somebody said, hey, man, uh, Rodney said he was going to whoop you, son. Say, who? Said, Rodney said he was going to whoop you. Who was Rodney? Rodney, you know, Rodney dude from from around the corner, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude that be, you know what I'm saying, doing whatever. And he's like, he going to whoop me, whoop me for what? Because he said, man, like, you know what I'm saying? You think your music live? What he, he gonna, oh, he going to whoop me because I think about music live. All right, well, you tell, you tell Rodney. I say, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's see what's up. Or, or, or and, and to bring it to this level, hey, man, Rodney was talking about you. Or oh, what Rodney say? Rodney say, your music ain't that. Oh, really? Well, who is Rodney? He make music? Nah, I'm just saying, he say your music ain't that. He make music too, though. He make music too, though. <laughs> oh, really? It ain't that. And then, so, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, okay. But my cousin, Ray Ray, standing beside me, like, who is Rodney? Now, Ray Ray don't care. <laughs> I care a little bit, but Ray Ray don't. Right. So, so the thing is, you know, there were many times in my own life that I got into a fight because my cousin Junior, the rest is so my cousin Junior will pop off at somebody. You know what I'm saying? Or somebody would say something about me, mm-hmm. and my cousin Junior would just swing on them. It because, is. you know, it was just like, yo. So when Jim Jones did his interview with Sway, talking about the fact that D1 had said something about him and Jim Jones started telling him like, hey, listen, because y'all know how I get down. One, I pull up. But then two, you know, I might got a little cousin that don't like you. You know what I'm saying? Don't care nothing about that. So, you know, I hate for something to be done, done to you in the streets. So now everybody is like, oh my God, I can't believe that people are threatening him 
for saying what well, this is this has been a part of that culture forever. The only thing that social media shows us when it comes to this is like, you know, hip hop, we get money, you know, we got hit da 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 da. So you know what I'm saying? And 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 when you talk about they glorify their lifestyle, but when they tell you this ain't no glorification, this is what we really live, you just think differently because of what you see on social media. When they start talking that, then it's like, oh my God, oh my God, I think it's a problem. But it's like, man, number one, you might want to make sure you know who you're talking about. Right. And who you're talking to. Because again, as much as you can be, you know what I'm saying, extremely vocal, you know what I'm saying? Like that's a part of it. That that's a part of it. That's a part of it. if you from criticizing people to to telling jokes about people, as much as you think it, you know what I'm saying, it's like it should be allowed or you should have freedom of speech. Yeah, you should have freedom of speech. But please understand that speech can get knocked out you. Like that's been a part of the that's been a part of life. So now when somebody says something about it and you're looking at somebody like a excuse me, David versus Goliath. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like so when Goliath come to you and be like, "Man, I'll pluck you, little puny man." You know what I'm saying? Like you know, this is exactly what it. Is. So anyway, I I have so much about this whole D1 situation, and 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 I will say, uh, and and this is this is my own opinion. Y'all know Big Al. Y'all know I'm the controversial one. I cannot. I I will not say that I stand with D1. I won't say it. I won't say that I stand with him. And, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I stand with him. And it's so, it's so funny because there are so many people who are, you know, who are seemingly quote unquote standing with him, but none of them have offered to make any posts going at the particular artist that he's going after. They just like, oh man, I can't believe people, they'll never say the name, can't believe people just out here, you know, threatening people or people don't want to, you know, pe people uh, don't want to change their music so bad that they going after, you know, this Christian brother, man, we staying with you, we staying with you. But it's like, you ain't made no post about calling, you know, saying Meek Mill out and calling, you know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't made no post like that, you know what I'm saying? Because What's so crazy about us is we'll act like we riding with you until that phone come to our door. Woo. You feel they be like, man, I ain't got, I mean, hey, hey, nah, I, I, nah, I, I mean, that's that's how it used to happen back in the day. You remember you was going to get into a squabble, you know what I'm saying, all of a sudden, like, your homeboy who been your homeboy, all you're like, they're like, man, I wish dude would pull up, <laughs> man, we got something for him. Then all of a sudden, when he really pull up, you're like, hey, man, I ain't had nothing to do with that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? man, you know what I'm saying? Like, I made, hey, we good. We good. You know, and that's <laughs> and that's what it is, man. I just believe that people really leaving him out there on the limb by himself, but they yelling, oh, I'm standing with you. I'm standing with you. Like, he's saying, he is it that he's saying what you want to say? So if he's saying what you want to say, won't you say it? Right. But, you know, it's just, it's so much, man. So much. But see, I can take it for a minute because I'm just I'm, but see, I got you, so much to say about it. But if you if you look at the overall space of the culture, when you talk about the industry, right? We know that the lyrical content has been going on for years. You know what I'm saying? You know, people talk about shoot them up, shoot them up, bees, hoes, whatever. You know what I'm saying? All that's been there. That's nothing new. You see what I'm saying? Uh I would have did. I would have handled it a little different, you know what I'm saying, in terms of 
he called out individuals' names. He called out Meek's name, called out Rose's name, he called out Jim Jones's name. Now, that in itself is the issue for them. You called out, you call me out. And see, when everybody's saying, well, when they when they rebuttal or they had something to say back to D1 about the situation, they're not talking the narrative. Now, I ain't worrying about the narrative. You called my name. You called me out. What's up with that? See, everybody else is, is stuck on what he was talking about. Of course, yes, he was talking about lyrical content, but you got a whole industry. That's going on even in R&B music. That goes on in Southern, uh, Southern soul music. I mean, that kind of content is there. I mean, the way he, he said, call out individual names, that would drew the problem. So now that the world does what the world does, you know what I'm saying? So if you call out somebody, I know our culture. You call out somebody's name, you got to be able to be able to um, answer for that or deal with that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but for him, I would have just basically said, if I would have had to speak on it in that context, I would just basically say, yo, we got a lot of this going on in the industry. We could do a lot of artists out there could do a lot better about how they can, you know, present their music to whatever. But when you start calling them individuals' names, that's when everything changed. That's when the problem arises. Y'all chime in, you know. And, if, that's what yeah, that's if you listen to if you listen to all of them statement, especially with uh Jim Jones, that's basically what he's saying. Hey bro, but that, that's ahead. the thing, man. That's the thing, man. It's like, you know, I don't Man, let me tell you something. So, so somebody, somebody who knows of D One's rise again, what y'all have to understand is years ago, you're saying when I came into this thing, it was like I made sure to not just know, you know, I knew the business, you know, I, I watched the business of it, I watched the marketing of it, and I also watched the artistry of it. You know what I'm saying? And I, mm -hmm. and I, I, I kind of follow. You know what I'm saying? Like every everything, especially when I was being introduced to a new artists, you know, especially and I, I'll go even further when I was in radio. You know what I'm saying? It was a part of prior to me even getting into radio, it was a part of me knowing the story right. behind the artists that I was playing. Uh so you know, you can share information while you're doing ramping and stuff like that. And then at the same time, you know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, I, I just was interested. So when I got into radio, it was even more more in depth. And so, you know, for those of y'all who know, you know, saying like, <laughs> you know, you know, the Bible talks about doing your first works over again. So let, let me explain something to you that D1 did. This is nothing new to D1. So for everybody, there's some people who have followed D1 enough to know that he did a song years ago that introduced him to the industry. And it was a song called 50 J and Weezy. And mm -hmm. and he he called out Lil Wayne, Fifty Cent, and Jay Z, and him being a teacher in the state of Louisiana, a middle school teacher in the state of Louisiana, and he did the song that really came at them about the same thing about that lyrical content, and and it got so much noise for him that what ended up happening was. Lecrae brought him on tour 
Yeah. On this college tour that Lecrae did, a national college tour, yep. he brought Lecrae on to he brought D1 on to the tour. So you know what I'm saying? This is really, it was like at that particular time, Lecrae had the Midas. You know what I'm saying? Lecrae had mm-hmm. that thing where, you know what I'm saying, if Lecrae vouched for you and it and it was C it was CHH or gospel rap, or even in the CCM industry, if Lecrae vouched for you, oh, you about to do something. I mean, like, I, I'll even tell y'all this story. Years ago, you know what I'm saying, I got hooked up with uh, with the Joe White organization that does Connecticut camps, that does uh, Kids Across America, and it also did this thing called Pure Excitement, which was like a purity conference. And 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 and, and, and they did this, this other event called After Dark um, that would go on D1 college campuses Years ago, they came through to do one at the University of Louisiana Monroe. And the way I was told was they were passing out flyers for the event on a Sunday afternoon. And it was like where well, my popularity was really, really big in the community. And so they said people were asking them, is Big Al going to be there? Is Big Al going to be there? So they ended up reaching out to Eric, boom, 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 booked me to do like 10 minutes opening um at ULM and we smacked and so like I ended up doing a few events um for Joe White and his organizations well of course I did these after dark events at different universities throughout the country and 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 every time I would do something somebody on staff would say man you got to come to KAA which was his urban camp that he does in the state of Missouri and so I was like man I would love to come I would love to come I would love to come and so eventually I had a meeting one time, one of my only meetings with Joe White, where we got to talk briefly. And he said, hey, man, do you know Lecrae? And I was like, I mean, I know of him, but I've never met him. They was like, man, you get hooked up with Lecrae, you could definitely, like, because he, he sends all his guys to KAA. So that's when I realized, like, everybody who was pretty much a part of, um, what was it, the the 113? The the one one three click is like the one one six. One one six. Yeah, the one one six click. Everybody who was a part of the one one six click would get opportunities in the summertime to go hit the camps at KAA, and right. it was just you know further in their career. So you know, but I wasn't connected to Lecrae now. You know, to them I was connected to Kajo. So it just I never got my opportunity to go there. But it was like you know, at that time Lecrae had that juice. So good. when Lecrae takes D one on this tour. It just increases D1's exposure and popularity. Then, you know, the uniqueness of him being a middle school teacher and, and a rapper. And then, like, all that took off, you know what I'm saying? Because, again, he's an educated guy, education major, that kind of thing. And he's just been doing his thing, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you know, just like any artist, I ain't mad at him for, you know, using social media to his advantage. So it's like, you know, he had this Be Real, Be Righteous, Be Relevant mo- movement along with, you know, one of his albums. But one of the things, man, I could just be honest with y'all and saying that, like, if you ask me to name one D1 song, besides the one I just said about 50, Jay and Weez, if you ask me to name one, I only know one, and that's Sally Maybach. You know what I'm saying? Now, people might say, people who are listening to this might be like, I don't know none of your songs, Big Al. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what it is. It's like, I don't know, like, I, and let me say this. Please understand, the difference is I'm in the culture of CHH. I'm in the culture of gospel rap. I'm in the hip-hop culture. So 
me to for me to tell you that I don't know but one song that sticks out to me about D1, but I know everything else. So this is something that he's been known for. He ain't been known for his music. He's been known for being outspoken about challenging right. people in the lyrical content. Right. Then, you know, he had the the you know, I'm, you know, I'm this grown man in this, in this space. I'm a grown man who uh, is not in relationship or not open relationship or not sexually, sexually active, you know, saying everything like that. So he comes across as this positive human being, which he is, you know, saying everything like that. So, you know, he was riding that way. Then when that kind of died down, it was like, we got introduced to his relationship with his grandfather on social media. And that was the thing. And then, unfortunately, you know, his grandfather recently passed, rest in peace. And then now there's nothing more to draw from that. Then all of a sudden, boom, here we go. Let's go at Meek Mill and 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 Rick Ross. And I'm like, don't they have an album coming out? So I started looking at this from a different perspective. And I said, hey, this may be a part of that marketing thing. Yep. Now y'all can say whatever y'all can yeah, y'all can hit us up TV. You get big Gallup individually, but I'm just saying like this sounds like an incredible marketing scheme because Meek Mill and Rick Ross had an album that that just came out, but at the same time the album was on the way and we all knew about it. So you know what I'm saying? It was like, oh man, they in the hip hop culture. They are just in reach for me to touch because, again, you can say what you want to say, but even in hip hop culture, you know who and who not to criticize. Now, I will say this. He criticized Jay-Z and he had a little, a very small following when he did that. But his following is a lot larger now from that time. I mean, of course, Social media was barely existing, barely existing then. But here we are now, 10 years later, and you do have a, a bit of a following enough to, you know what I'm saying, like be a net to these giants. And so it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. Let me squash the net. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's what it is. It's like, to me, I'm like, this sounds like a great marketing thing because here we are again. You want to criticize the two cats whose album coming out. I I I I promise you, if he would go at Jay Z, this go around, <laughs> well that that'll be that he'll be it'll be worse than T Pain. Worse, you understand what I'm saying? It'll be yeah. worse than T Pain. Worse, it'll be worse than T Pain. So it's like don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Then like you know you know it's like you won't do Jay now. You're know saying you you won't do Drake either. You know what I'm saying? Like you know especially when you got the ear of these national syndicated shows because like Sway, Sway in the Breakfast Club, you know what I'm saying? Like and uh and E-Man, um Ebro, like those those three guys, you know, and Funk Flex, four guys. When it comes to those four shows, when you get, you know what I'm saying, the microphone on one of those four shows, please understand that the industry is somewhat listening. Yeah. So he did he does have that, you know, with Sway. And so that gave him that, you know what I'm saying, like and he just boom. And I'm just sitting here tripping because, you know, here's something else I'll say. And I'll be quiet because I got a lot to say about this, y'all. So y'all forgive me. But you know what I'm saying? What's so crazy is he had recently done an interview with some Christian-based um, DJs. And he was talking about how his Christianity trumps 
his racial identity. What show he was that? Said, I think I, I, he said, I, I think it was the, the, the cats out of uh, Atlanta. I don't mm. know why. I can't think of that name right now. Trackstar? Uh, I think it was track stars. Track sounds it was like track stars. It was it was it was some, it was it was one of those. And what he said was, what he said was, he was like, basically, I'm a Christian before I'm a black man. Uh oh. So so that, that's what he said. Uh-oh. He said I'm a Christian before I'm a black man. So with him saying that, and then you come out here and you go after these people and say, make your music better for. The community. Mm-hmm. So which one is it, bro? You know what I'm saying? So which one is it? Are you wanting them to make it like, because you, if you're a Christian before you're a black person, but you're talking about the way that they, I'm not saying that you can't criticize them for making it, but it's like, what is the Christian thing here? Because again, what are you trying to do? If you are trying to win them, right? that's a whole different situation. Because right. if you're trying to win them, it's a whole different situation. If you are just trying to keep up a debate online or keep people talking about you and y'all, then you are doing an exceptional job. But if you are, if you went into this trying to win them, because nothing that you're doing is going to win them to making positive content, nor is it going to win them to be a believer. So that's where I'm at with it. So I'm listening. That's that's not yeah, exactly. I don't know if I, I I was making that point earlier when I spoke about that, because it's like it's a, it's going to be an ongoing debate, man. I mean, like whether we could talk about it all through the podcast. I've been seeing, uh, you know, other fellow Christian artists and DJs talking about it, and it's just one of those things that you know I'm just tripping off these 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 opinions and statements that people are making. But the thing about it is. What you expect, man? I mean, like the response that you that you got from the guys. I mean, and it's like you said, Al. If you if you, are you trying to win them over or what? I mean, but it was like they he specifically called them three out. Was that some? Yeah, I think that was something random, or it, it was. I don't think it was a conversation prior because if you look at what Rick Ross was saying, he he didn't know who he was and. Um, Jim Jones, Jim Jones didn't know who he was, so it was like one of those things. Because I was looking at even, even in the thread where they were saying that um, maybe he tried to talk to him or reach to him, you know, privately or whatever. But nah, man, I, I just think that one of the things about it, in my opinion, with the situation, his whole approach, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it that way. I'm saying yeah, so right. you gotta use wisdom. I, I wouldn't have done it that way. Yeah, you gotta use wisdom, man, because like I mentioned earlier, the world does what the world does. And when right. you when you the world gonna do what they do, and they're exactly. gonna respond the way they respond, whether you know how you present it to them, and then you can't uh uh all of a sudden when they respond the way they're gonna respond, and all of a sudden you wanna say, Hey, pray for that brother, stand with that brother, because hey man, that's what you can expect. I mean, that look, you're dealing with the world, you know what I'm saying? So exactly, that's what you're gonna get. You know exactly. what I mean? So and Jim and Jim said what it was. Jim said what it was. Rick Ross did too, but Jim really said what it was. <clears throat> he said, "Don't get at me about how I make my money, right? Make my money with my music, the content. Mm. And I make and my money." Too, that way. If you remember too, Jay um, Sway said, 
oh, he was talking about lyrical. He wasn't interested in all that lyrical content. Nah, we ain't talking about that. I don't care about that part. Right. You right. mentioned my name. You don't know me. You don't know nothing about me. And you put my name out there like that. Right. I mean, and, and he, especially in hip hop, that's what hip hop's about. People get called out, battle rapping, you know, battle rapping. But then it's it's all about the entourages. See, like he said, my little cousin don't understand what you're doing. He all he understands is you call me out. So he ain't going to understand right. what you're trying to do when he see you in the street. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's it's once again, man, it, it goes back to. <laughs> how people eat, how they benefit. He's got to look, man. It's going, it's going to take a lot to change that lyrical content when that's how these brothers eat. You got to get them right. to trust God exactly uh, for their money outside of what they talk about. You know what I'm saying? And that's tough. I just saw an interview with Ice Cube where he said the same people who own the record labels also own the prisons. That's right. So they want that kind of talk so that the consumers will continue to do what they do inspired by the lyrics, you know what I'm saying? To keep money flowing both ways, you know, and in, in, from the records and in the prisons, this it's it's a tough battle. Bro. Yeah. The, but the thing is, again, what is the purpose? Are you trying to, clout you know, chasing. again, just have a debate? Are clout you clout chasing? chasing? That's a great, great way. Are you trying to have a debate? Are you trying to clout chase? Are you trying to, you know what I'm saying, really affect the industry? Or are you trying to win souls? Because see, here's, here's where I'm at, bro. Now, the Bible says that he who wins souls is wise. And both of y'all just said that you got to have wise. wisdom in this. <laughs> right. You, you got to have wisdom in this. And so my thought is, if you were just trying to debate these guys, or you're just trying to have something to say, then what's the purpose in that? See, that's the reason why in my head, the purpose is marketing. Forgive me for playing with the scripture like this. Y'all, you know, y'all can rebuke me or whatever, but I'm just going to ask you something. I want to ask you to consider this. The Bible says the poor you'll have with you always. See, a lot of the times we talk about that and we immediately go to financial status. But can we talk about mentality? Mindset. So, yep. so that Mindset, that mentality yeah. is gonna be with us always. So that means if the poor mindset is gonna be with us, or the poor mentality is gonna be with us, that's not just in money. That's not just finances. Mm-hmm. Finances. That's also in uh, the way our culture uh, wears clothes, yep. the way we listen to music, the things we choose to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, that poor mindset is just like the people who go to the school with the lowest socioeconomic population has the most expensive sneakers on their feet. Yep. Now you ain't got like where you're from and where your community is. It's like, how in the world do you have on $250 dunks, $200 Jordans? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that whole thing, the mentality and the mindset, you know what I'm saying? That's like this poor. So the poor you're going to have what you always. So in my thought, we're going to always have people who make poor choices, people who make poor decisions. And of course, I will 100 percent say 
that people who choose to do lyrical content outside of what the three of us would even do, along with D1. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a poor, it's from a poor mentality. But at the same time, there are people who, when they are, when they're poor and they're struggling, they will do whatever it takes to come up or to right. get out of what they're in. So a lot of people realize that with this music thing, you know what I'm saying? Like this is something that can help me get out of this particular condition, environment, thought process, or whatever like that. So when you are challenging me and I've been poor and I've tasted some rich and then you tell me to change what I'm doing to be poor again, you know what I'm saying? Like we understand as believers what this means, but the world doesn't look at it the same way we look at it. So are exactly. you trying to are you trying to right. change their perspective, thereby change their belief system or challenge them in their belief system and or their relationship with Christ? And if you are doing that, then I feel like you are doing it entirely wrong, because, again, wisdom is the principal thing. And there's an adage that says the wise man knows he knows nothing. So if, in fact, to win a soul. I am a person who knows that I know nothing. It means that in order to win them, I have to rely so heavily on the spirit of God to do it, which is the reason why I said in the podcast this season that what I've been praying for is that God would allow people to experience him, encounter him all over again, because there's so much information out here and there's so many gimmicks out here that it right. really, really, really kind of dilutes and makes the word and makes it seem like the, the word is not an authority. It's just another piece of literature. So because of that, it's like, man, we have got to find a way to really win in this last day. And I think that the way we do that is by 100% allowing the spirit of God to take control. And so I'm just really looking at this like, bro, what is your purpose? Are you trying to win the soul or are you marketing? Because at the end of the day, this is a great marketing strategy. And I ain't mad at you because every post you've been making has been like about what you said about them, what you said about them, what you said about them. And then what their response has been, what their response has been, and then what people are saying in the comments, and then what even one of the artists said that, quote unquote, could be considered a threat. You know what I'm saying? All this stuff, like this is what you're sharing. And in the midst of that, you will share one of your songs, you know what I'm saying, to get people to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Then it's like now I'm I'm questioning your your you being genuine because, again, you recently uh, showed this man preaching in a parking lot you know, with speakers, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we, I've, I've done open air preaching before this man is doing open air preaching. And then you turn your phone on, you go live and you make the comment, you know what I'm saying? I just exposed him to over a thousand people who were on my live. And then, well, I got his cash app so people could bless him. And then I'm going to bless him and you record and show it all. So then what, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Because again, I've talked about that before. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I'm just not him made, man. Y'all know that's just a pet peeve of mine. Cause I'm like, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to record myself. If I have to record my good deeds, then what good is it? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like if somebody else chooses to record it, 
and everything like that. And it be, but it's like I'm walking up to you with the phone in my hand. Like, but at the same time, you know, say I understand. People say, well, man, a lot of people have been blessed that way, and a lot of people, I get it. But that's just it's not in me to do it. So when I see that now, now I'm really questioning, like, bro, what is the purpose in all this? Are you really just marketing? And if you are, that's okay. Like, I'm not even mad at you for doing that. But then, like, you know, again, all these people who are just, you know, I stand with D1, I stand with D1. It's like, man, I don't want to do to get hurt but at the same time you know what I'm saying you better watch who you talking to and watch what you're saying to them because y'all can stretch this to just the hip-hop culture let me bring it to the church man y'all know some churches you can't say nothing about a person's past right and they'll get loose, <laughs> loose. so 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 you're gonna see here and say they can't say none of man come on man i'd have had people you know what i'm saying <laughs> a church man, i ain't gonna even lie to you a loose. church i went to back in the day when I got dismissed from that church, man, some of my homeboys who we have definitely reconciled since, but it's like some of my homeboys, even like we would serve the ministry together. Man, one of my homeboys walked up on my whip on the yard one day and was like, hey, man, what you got against pastor? And I was like, niggas, you coming to me like you finna wood seller because I'm from, like, you know, <laughs> like, I was just like, bro, I know you're from Cali. Please understand. I be trying to tell people. I used to tell people like, "Yo, I'm from the home of the real lynch mob. Don't do that. Right. Don't do that." Like you know, what I'm saying, "Y'all from mm. Cali. I'm from Louisiana." You know what I'm saying? Like you know, what I'm saying like, <laughs> no disrespect. I understand what y'all got going on on the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? And, and Ice Cube got the lynch mob. But please understand, I'm from the home of the real lynch mob. Don't do this, bro. But I'm talking about that right there. Like my man walked up on me like. Man, you got something against Pastor. I hear you out here talking about Pastor. And at the time, I hadn't said anything, but it was the narrative that was being positioned to them. But they rolled with that dude so hard that they was ready to roll on your boy. And I've been in the trenches with him. So you want to tell me that it's? It, I can't believe that these thugs out here trying to come at D1. Man, if he said something crazy about some of y'all pastors, y'all can say what y'all want to say. Y'all will chop him down too. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, and when I say chop, not with the chop, but that. But I'm saying y'all beat him up, or y'all, you know, what I'm saying take him out online, or y'all tell him like, you know, you might want to watch who you talking about. You know what I'm saying? You might want to watch what pastor the name you got in your mouth. Because I'll say this real quick, and then I'm gonna throw it to y'all. If in fact, if 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 some people came at John P. Key, they better know who they coming at. They better know. <laughs> You better, better know. know. You better know. If you if you're gonna use that, if you're gonna talk, you better know who you coming at. And I'm just gonna leave that right. That's in the church. That's in the church, especially John right. John. That's in the huh? church. John John. Ooh. So if that's in the church, bro. Please understand how it is outside the church. So y'all want to get all. I can't believe they threatening him, man. Again, if he says something about your your pastor, your favorite pastor, your favorite singer, your favorite bro, y'all have had that same. You know what I'm saying? Y'all had that mm -hmm. same energy. Right, so right, right. you know, it just I'm just like, man. I just it, it's just so absurd to sit here and watch again. I just I chalk it up to being great marketing, great um, marketing. because I don't think I don't think that he's necessarily trying to win. So I could be wrong. But if he's trying to win the soul, then I would say D one, and you, you you I would I would pray for wisdom exactly. and how to do that uh, personally. But at the same time, it's just like, bro, I think it's lame. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, you know what I ought to do? I ought to go online 
And I would have been like, hey, yo, D1, I'm from Louisiana. You don't know me like most of them don't know you. But I'll tell you what, <clears throat> you can affect the change of the industry just by making better music because you basically have used your platform to really push these things that I mentioned at the start. You know what I'm saying? That really had kind of helped you, but your music really ain't that. Because I could prove that part to you. And I was like, D1, I challenge you to a Louisiana versus. Ooh. I was like, I was like, I Ooh. we could we could do it at PJ Morton Studios in New Orleans, or we could do it wherever. Ooh. We could do it on your turf. I say you we could do it with a live band or with tracks. You know what I'm saying? We could we could we could do songs and song features. You know what I'm saying? What's happening? And let's see, Jesse catalog alone. I put it on my soul that I would give you the run of your life. Right. And you don't even know me. Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't even him you to you. But I promise you, dog. Like that's what I'm saying, man. I'm like, bro, like, come on, just make some better music. You know what I'm saying? You got a platform. Cool. So now let us hear this music. You know what I'm saying? But you were you were cognitive dissonance on easy. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay. I, you know, here's the thing, man. I know what cognitive dissonance is, but it's like, bro, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what was that line, Claude? Collect dust. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Intergalactic asteroids. Collect dust. Like, bro, we can do all that we want to, but we talk about just good songs. Man, I put this on my soul. You can, and and then I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna end with this thought right here. You mean to tell me you're gonna go after the game, Meek Mill, Jim Jones, and whomever else? But on your last album, you have a song with the game, right? Now, you yeah. telling me the game lyrical content over his career has been way much more positive, influencing and Christian based than Meek Mill and. Rick Ross and Jim Jones, man, this is the walking contradiction of life. Like, I'm really just trying to understand, again, y'all, the reason why I say I don't stand with D1 is because I think this is a mark. This is more marketing and less about winning souls. Because if he was trying to win the souls, then, you know what I'm saying, like, I think that his approach would be different. This whole thing about just having an online public debate and just talk about you need to change your lyrics, you need to change your lyrics, you need to change your lyrics. Well, one, do it by example, which you have been doing, but let that be the thing to speak. And then at the same time, it's like, you know, come on, man. It's just, I, I just, I cannot, I just, I I just feel like a lot of people are saying they ride with you, they supporting you. And and again, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I definitely, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm here with you again. I'm out here been making music 20 years, you know what I'm saying, with the same content that you I would even say my content has been a little more scriptural than yours has been in some instances. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, bro, you know what I'm saying? It's like I ain't never knocked you on that, and I never will knock you on that. But at the same time, I'm like, the way this thing is going, it just to me, a uh, reason why I'm not standing is because I'm sitting idly by just watching because I believe it's more marking than it is uh, of anything that is healthy. Because if it was the healthiest thing, which we're trying to win, so I feel like he should do it differently. I agree. I agree, man. There it is, man. My whole thing is the whole approach. Uh, his whole approach about how he came with it, man. That's That was my whole thing about it, bro. So. But for, for those who were wondering my thoughts on it, hey, he got it. So if he, if he didn't get it, hey, his whole approach, I didn't agree with how he approached the situation. So that's my take. 
Yeah, gotta use wisdom. Gotta use, use wisdom, wisdom, man. He who wins souls is wise. And he's it is. I just feel like he ain't using wisdom. Well, from streaming to D1, let's talk about this mic toss to be Slade at the reunion tour in L.A., the L.A. stop. It's been around on social media for about two weeks now, as of today. So y'all have got to have, you know, you had to have seen this. Like yeah, Slade man. gets the mic. He's in the audience at the L.A. stop of the reunion tour. They get the mic to be Slade, and he... He kills. He does what he does. Mm-hmm. I told Al when I saw it, I said, this was, to me, still, though, I mean, and you just have to know what we've been talking about throughout this first season. We've mentioned mm-hmm. Slade many times in, in many episodes this first season. So you just have to know our stance, how we feel about things, how we feel about his, you know, his career declining and why. So him getting this mic, right? That's a no-brainer. You see, you see him in your audience, get him the mic, okay? Mm. You do that. But mm. still, being who it was, this is Kirk Franklin's reunion mm. tour. And he gets the mic to be slayed. I told Al, I said, this is still like unsatisfying to me and still very mm. I said, Slade killed. He does what he does. That's what he does all the time. However, just this whole thing, you know, of giving him that little moment, because it was a little moment, right? It was a little moment. He little makes, moment. He makes yeah. little moments, though. He magnifies them, right? He mag. You give him mm. two minutes on the mic, three minutes. You know, he's gonna turn it to the the hottest moment of the tour of the LA stuff. Mm. That's what people went home and talked about. I know. Mm. So it's just to me, it was just weird that it was Kurt, you know, and it's just like, come on, man. Y'all, y'all, I, what I would like to see, I would like to know that there's going to be like a whole nother leg of this tour. Because there's so many places they didn't go. But I would love to see him get added to that tour. Now, I know, mm. I know that's far-fetched. I know it is. Mm. But for, for me to be satisfied, like, I would need to see Kirk do that. And that's all I'm going to say for right now. I'm going to just go ahead. Y'all can take it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, I'm a little... Behind, I mean, I, I saw the clip. Man killed it. Is the the tour's not over? Is it? it's almost over? Remember? Yeah, it, said, it'll be Keisha, it'll be over. Yeah, that Friday after uh, Thanksgiving. Right? Remember, Keisha said. Yeah, remember Keisha? She said that the the uh, finale of the tour is going to be in Dallas, and it's the day after Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah, she did say. Okay, boy, facts. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, I would love for him to announce like in twenty twenty four they're going to do like another leg, right? Right. Featuring my man Beast Lake. Like, I would love to see that. That, Like I said, it's far-fetched, but that's what I would love to see. I would love I, to see I don't, I don't know how far-fetched it is because, let me say this, anybody who knows, they know that Israel Halton put out tour dates just a couple weeks ago for 2024, the Israel and New Breed tour. And so they got 2024 dates. And so maybe Israel, you know, if they do a second leg, maybe Israel is not there, but right. maybe they bring Slade on. You know, the thing the thing with this is I have to agree with Claude in that at the same time, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what my intuition says. And then, and then I'm going to talk about this, this particular moment. My intuition says that it was not by happenstance I'm like I'm not even being deep. I'm not going churchy with y'all. 
It was not by happenstance that Slade was sitting right next to the stage. Mm-hmm. Now, it is my thought. This is my thought. Because openly on social media, and even now, even now we know, because this is now what a week that we have lived with it. Um, one thing that Slade has had open communication open communication and support uh, on social media. Two of the artists that are on that tour from are Ty Tribbett and Jackie Clark Chisholm. Yep. And of course we just, we just saw out of nowhere, they released the Jackie album, which by the way, pause is nasty. Nasty. <laughs> okay, let's talk. Like we we'll say, we we'll say that for season two. But let's talk about it. That mug, what Slade and Anton Foster did on this Jackie project is unbelievable. Unreal. So so in my thought, either Ty or Jackie gave Slade the ticket where he was sitting. Yep. They gave him there because it put he was the proximity. I just don't I don't look at Slade as the cat who got online and paid two hundred dollars nah. for that seat. Exactly. Nah. We know him. We know him. You know what I'm saying? So so it's my thought that either Jackie or Ty, you know, or somebody in that kind of camp hooked him with that particular seat that he had. And then I think there was some, you know, knowledge brought to him, brought to him, to, to Kirk them that B. Slade was there and where he was sitting. So, so of course, I, I can, I can believe that maybe Slade didn't know the mic would get tossed to him, but maybe he thought, well, if I'm sitting that close, it could possibly happen. You know what I'm saying? But, but that part, I don't know. But I really feel like. One of them was responsible for him being in that seat. And then Kirk did, you know, take that moment to, you know what I'm saying, pass the mic to Slade. Now, again, on an earlier episode of TUD, I talked about this is the relationship that I want to see Kirk restore. Because, again, you know what I'm saying, like, Kirk, you know, everybody knows, 1999, we talked about it. You're saying when when T hit the when B Slade, formerly known as Tone, hit the Stella War stage, it was absolute pandemonium. And not only that, it was like Kirk felt like this is the the you know I I can't do that. There was a uh, a camaraderie that was built even much so even so much so that Kirk wanted to actually try to sign Tone and uh, at that time. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was that thing. And then, of course, I mean, because, again, they couldn't do nothing with him. And so then when all the stuff came out uh, after the Lexi interview, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, boom. And they were one of the, their camp was more more vocal about, you know what I'm saying, like, disassociating from him. But in, in this day and age and time where we've seen all this healing talk and all this forgiveness talk and everything like that, I was like, that's one relationship that I want to see openly restored. So I was really, really, honestly, I'm just like, I drop a clues bomb for Kirk Franklin for even passing him the mic. Now, again, Kevin Bond, the, the right Reverend Dr. Professor Kevin Bond, 
made a statement right at the, the, the night that this thing happened. And he said, I have always said that B. Slade was the most talented person to ever step foot in the gospel space. He said he's a writer, actor, dancer, producer, singer, rapper, you know, and we listed all that stuff too. And he was like, this is the most talented person to ever touch the gospel space. So here was Kirk Franklin passes my guy this microphone. And this dude sits in a chair, never gets up, never rears back. My man sits in a chair and eats. Well, let me just tell y'all this. For those of y'all who've been following B. Slade's career and y'all listen to his last projects where he is literally wailing on notes, he records sitting down at his computer. Yep. So please understand that was nothing to him. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm just sitting here and I'm watching this dude sing, bro. And, And I just attributed to this. There was one time, uh, you know, a dear friend of of, of ours is here on TUD, uh, my boy Claude's homeboy. There was one time on Kirk Franklin's tour a few years ago that he gave the microphone to someone by the name of Josiah Martin. When JoJo got that yeah. microphone during the tour stop in Florida, yeah, and 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 JoJo. JoJo's clip went viral when he started talking about he had to go to dialysis the next morning, but he was trusting God and believing God and blah, blah, blah. And like this clip goes viral because JoJo was singing his face off. Yeah. But like just the honesty and the lyrics, it was like, boom, that happened during Kirk's show. And from that, next thing I know, every time Kirk is in the studio, Josiah is in the studio with Kirk. Bingo. Every time. Jojo, Jojo is literally singing on all of Kirk's recent projects, which is beautiful to see. So now the second most viral moment that we we are watching it right now with him giving B Slade the mic. And, And I'm just sitting here and I'm like, yo, so then what happens from here? Do we see Kirk make a post or do something that brings B. Slade back to the table in, in that particular sense of it. Because, you know, and I, I, I've watched Slade's reactions to a few things, too, because, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, my God, I've missed Tony. And that really, you know what I'm saying, like that again, you know, it's one of those things we talked about that kind of drives him because he's like, yo, my name is B. Slade. Y'all killed Tony. Yeah. So just refer to me as, as what it is now. And you know what I'm saying? My name is not my name is not Cassius Clay. Right. My name is Muhammad Ali. You know what I'm saying? My name is not Detroit Red. My name is Malcolm X. So my <laughs> name, my name is not Tony. My name is B. Slade. Address me as such. You know what I'm saying? That's really what it is. But I mean, if we just go to that clip, bro, it was like Slade really just, and then you know, it, it was so crazy because you know, you're looking at him. Slade, you know, one thing about Slade, about Kirk, about Ty, you know what I'm saying? Even about us here on TUD, we might be a little longer in the tooth, but we sexy, though. You feel me? <laughs> like, you know, you know. So you sitting here, you looking at these boys. And look, these boys, you know, Kirk is in his 50s. Slade is in his late 40s. You know what I'm saying? 
Right. And you know, you looking at them, and these boys don't look like that. You know what I'm saying? They don't look like they that old. They look like they just grown and matured in that same space. And to see them, you know what I'm saying? They, I mean, just to see my boy just sit there, fly, it's all get out right. and kill. It's just like, yo. So, like you said, Claude, I'm like, yo, so what happens? Can we get like this, this, you know what I'm saying, come to Jesus type uh meeting with Kirk and, and, and Slade to the point mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, yo. Not only let's do something together, but let's do something together. Right. Cause man, that'll be because again, bro, Slade really only gave us. Like if you think about it in the gospel space, Slade gave us three projects mm-hmm. that really were were monumental. That was PTN, right. pronounced on A, then O2, yeah, and then out the box. That's it. So it's like, bro, if you really look at it, we like I said in the early, we only had Slade in the space for 10 years. That's it. In that 10-year span, what he did in three albums, the impact he made on the industry in three albums, man, we we owe him. And we've said that before. We owe him. So it's just like, man, hey, listen, I just want to see something great come out of it. You feel me? Like, I, yes, I really do. I want to see something. Both of y'all boys. No, be slate. Tone. We got to get him on TUD. Yeah, and I don't, you know, and I don't think, I don't think that's even a problem. You know, I was thinking about that. I was like, man, we knocked out 15 weeks already. And I just started thinking about it. Said it again. He's been in all 15 episodes, right? Basically, we mentioned just about, yeah. Just about. So we got to get him, man. Well, see, you have to understand, this is also our inaugural season and a lot of our background. The reason why I know y'all is because of B-Slade. Exactly. That's just, that's the, that is the truth. The reason why I know y'all is because of B-Slade. So it's like in our inaugural season, you're getting to know us, you know, because a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be honest, this is kind of weird, but when people see me and they see Claude, you know, a lot of people say, are y'all brothers? Yep. Y'all, y'all look alike. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of weird because again, we're we're not, but I mean blood couldn't make us any closer. But it's like, you know what I'm saying? Right. The, the the reason why I know Claude, the reason why, you know what I'm saying, I the way I was introduced to my best friend was through B Slade. Right. So it's like, you know what I'm saying, that bridge is always gonna exist. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and then on top of that, it's like, man, not only did Slade introduce me to Claude, you know what I'm saying? Then by proxy, you know what I'm saying? I'm introduced to DJ Sean Blue, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like, bro, we went through a lot we did. with Slade. You know what I'm saying? This is the foundation of who we grew to be as men and as artists. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? From some of the the great lessons and the life lessons that we learned, you know what I'm saying, being a part of the Neuro Inc. faction and being connected to B-Slade. Because, man, that was one time, man, even though we were all, you know, young men, we were so enamored with this dude, bro. Like, yeah. I was thinking about this other day, Claude. You remember he used to leave these cryptic vo- voicemail messages on his cell phone? Yes. And so, like, I remember there was this one message that we were trying to decode. I would never forget <laughs> We, we we call his cell phone and he would either intentionally send us a voicemail or let it ring the voicemail so you could hear the message. Yeah. And there was one where he was like, first it was red, 
Then it was green. <laughs> now it's yellow. Ink set. And he hangs up the phone. And like we call each other, hey yo, what is he trying to tell us? <laughs> right. you know what I'm like we we were some idiots, bro. Like, <laughs> like just being honest, we were wow. some idiots, man. Like you don't understand, bro. We were like, man, what is he trying to say? It was red. Okay, stop light. Like, what is he? What is he? And then I never get somebody was like, is, is it? It's probably just the colors in his limo. And that's what it was. That's what it was, man. That's what it was. That's what it was. And we we sitting here trying to figure out what message is he trying to get us? Do we need to stop doing something? Be cautious about doing something? Go man. doing this? Like, man, we were just bro. We were idiots. We were but idiots. But of course, man. this was a part of our development as men, and you know, what I'm saying as 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 ministry leaders and as artists because. Man, we learned a lot of great things, and we learned a lot of things not to do in our time of right. being a part. So he is a part of the foundation of our relationship and the way the way that we've grown to these places that we have been. Because forgive me, D one, if you want to know the master, the master of manipulating the masses when it comes to the Christian space, his name is B. Slade. That's right. <laughs> huh? Come on, man. From day one, when you saw this dude and he had the, the piercing right up under his bottom lip. The LeBray, yeah. The LeBray. Yeah, everybody's like, wait a minute. He had, he had the piercing in his eyebrow. Mm-hmm. He had tats everywhere. This was before people can say what they want to say. Nah, Slay had tats. Yeah. This dude dressed cold. Like I told y'all, he'll wear a shirt open to his navel. You know what I'm saying? He like this dude was doing everything. Like everything you would think this dude had pink hair. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Like when you talk about getting the manipulating the masses in the Christian space, oh man. This dude was gonna make sure you had something to say about him. Exactly. He was gonna do because he he took that whole adage from Britney Spears, like all press is good press. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. So you know, it's just that man. So I'm just like, yo, that guy's the foundation. So I say all that to say this. I think that maybe for our 50th or even 100th episode, that will be where we, you know, what I'm saying with the y'all, you know, yeah. something very special. Oh, where yeah. we bring Slade in, where we know that, you know what I'm saying, like, we can give him his flowers, you know, the whole, oh, you know, yeah. like, really, really, you know what I'm saying, like, really, mm-hmm. really do that. Because, again, yeah. you know, it is it is my relationship and Claude's relationship with him that caused us to to meet and become brothers and be the people that we are now bringing in Sean Blue to that mix. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? The reason why our brotherhood is what it is is because of the bridge of Beast Slade. So... For sure. Yeah, man. For sure, man. Well, people don't understand. It's like, you know, coming up and you're admiring musical greats like Michael Jackson, Prince. He Tone B. Slade is that. Like he is that. Just like Kevin Bond said on his post, there's there hasn't really been anybody as talented, as creative in the gospel uh-uh. space as him. Actor, uh-uh. actor, singer, producer, dancer, songwriter, 
film director. A lot of people don't know, man. He's done films. I'm talking about like before the one you saw him in with Dietrich Hatton. I'm talking about like he was doing this when he had that those label budgets back in the day from Verity Zomba. Like, dude, dude had made a movie. It never came out, but I, I actually got All to right. see the unedited version. I got to see it. Like, man, it's 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 so much that we're gonna bring out when we do have him on. So be on the lookout for that, man. Guys, we we've done 15 episodes. Yeah. We've come to the end of our first season. And what we really need you all to do as our listeners, now that we have these 15 up, they're archived, they're all on different platforms. Share them. Share, Share them. them. I'm not even gonna lie to you. We want to be able to monetize this because yep. by the time we get slayed on here, like we want to be a huge blessing to them. You know, what I'm yeah, and we can do that if we are able to monetize. So we need more. We need more plays. We need more listeners. We need more subscribers to this podcast. So help us out with that. We'll be back. What did we say, guys? Uh, our second season, January, January thirteenth. Yeah, January thirteenth. Our second season will begin January thirteenth. So between now and then, man, just share this first season with somebody that you think will really be into what we've talked about. And uh, we would gladly appreciate that. Yeah, man. And of course, y'all make sure y'all follow us, you know what I'm saying, on um, Instagram, Twitter, everything, at DJ Sean Blue, at Claude Deuce, at The Big Al Cherry. Um, again, season two is going to be something that you want to be a part of. Yeah. Season one has been great with the fellas, you know what I'm saying? And we're, we're certainly grateful to everybody who listens and everybody who's already sharing. You know, I just I'm I'm very grateful. And I do want to say that as we enter into this holiday season, happy Thanksgiving to everybody from TUD. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas from TUD. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy yeah. from TUD. Yeah. You know, we are we are looking to to finish 2023 really, really strong yes, and uh start 2024 off the way it needs to be. So for the end of season one, inaugural season of TUD, yeah. DJ yeah, Sean Blue, yeah. Claude Deuce, I'm the Big Al Cherry. God bless y'all. We'll see y'all in a few weeks.